Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics. So get on board. Listen, learn, live. Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Coco Express Show for Tuesday, June 24th, 2014. I'm your host, Aurelia Lyles, and we are definitely live here. I have to tell you that today's show is very important to me because I get to take the opportunity to present to you a woman who is one of the hardest working women in the industry. I mean, she has... A filmography—I can't even say filmology—that is just as long as maybe you or your your tallest person's arm. She has producer credits. She has writing credits. She has done anything and everything that you can imagine in the entertainment industry. And all I can say is that every time I look up, I see her. And I was watching the Wendy Williams show recently, and I saw her. I went to see Think Like a Man 2. There she was. But you see, that's not all it is that she does and what she's about. And the beautiful thing about the guests that we're having on the show today is that she doesn't pigeonhole herself into one particular corner and allow herself to be characterized like that. She has interests. She has passions. She has um, things that she is working towards to help better the condition of mankind. See, and that's what it's all about. God blesses us in so many different ways, and he asks us, he asks a little of us. He asks us that we share our blessings amongst the masses. And this is exactly what our guest Lunell is doing. She is sharing her blessing amongst the masses in any way and every way possible. And he is blessing her by allowing her to just flourish and grow and grow. Please allow me the opportunity to bring to you the amazing Lunell. Well, who are you talking about? Where is this? <laughs> what an introduction. Thank you so much. You are quite welcome. And it's a well-deserved introduction. Well, I, I, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> oh. So it's been two years since you've been with us, and that's too long. Is that is that how long it's been, for real? Yes. You came to us in 2002 when you were doing Hotel Transylvania. You said 2002. I mean 2012. I'm sorry. 2012 <laughs> when you were doing um, Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I guess you know what time flies when you're having fun. And it looks like you are having a really good time. Yes, for the most part, I I really am. I think that any time that you uh, are able to do what it is that you really want to do, then, you know, you never work a day in your life. I hear you on that one. I really do. Now, I have to say that I did... I've seen most of your movies, and I have to... What is this? Stop broadcasting <laughs> from outside today? <laughs> I feel like it. My <laughs> goodness, okay. 
You're we're doing a lot. Background noise. We're getting background yeah. noise. It's summer. It's hot. So, um, but what I wanted to say was that I, you know, had the, the pleasure of seeing most of your work, and I was like, how do you, how do you keep all of these things in motion? Raise your daughter, and also have the causes that you're involved in all happening at one time. Um, <clears throat> I just don't stop. I think that if I were to slow down or stop or uh, something might happen to me, you know, I just keep, you know, are you seeing a um, hamster running on the the wheel? Mm-hmm, to have a trail. That, that's sort of me. I just keep, I just keep moving. I mean, if you wake up every day, you have no choice but to deal with what is before you, and if you have to be somewhere, you... You know, if you're uh, about anything and you keep your commitments and you get up, you pull yourself together, you get dressed and presentable, and you go and you be there. And, you know, there's things that, uh, you know, balls that do get dropped, and I can't, couldn't be everywhere that my, you know, daughter wanted me to be during some of these times. Of course, I'm a single mother, single in as much as her father doesn't live in our area, but we are both actively every day raising her. I know right where my baby daddy is. She talks to him about five times a day. Uh, we're, we both have just an only child, so we're both equally obsessed. And um, uh, but 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 there is only her and I um, physically in our family that live together here in, in Los Angeles. So um, it's just through the grace of God and the uh, love of dance, which is my daughter's claim to fame, that has kept her, you know, focused and off the street and allowed me to uh, be able to do my job if I had the type of child that was ripping and running up and down the streets or having people in and out my house. When I'm on the road, I doubt that I could effectively do my job because I'd be so uh, stressed out about what was going on at home. But God didn't bless me with that type of child. He blessed me with a, a better child than that. And I think between that and the occasional chokeout, um, you know, <laughs> we've been able to uh, keep it together. <laughs> I know what you mean by that. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget to choke out. Yeah, because I told my daughter, I said, every now and again, you got to remember, I'm crazy. Uh, Yeah, my daughter is fully aware of that. I am, I was raised by a a crazy man, and um, it is uh, the trickle, that's trickled down to me. I hope that the good Lord lets me live long enough to see what type of crazy parent she turns out to be. <laughs> and um, I definitely believe in the element of surprise when it comes to kids. And I am very much, uh, you know, was born in a certain era of respect, and I don't ask for it. I demand it. When I don't get it, that's when we run into problems. I'm not one to suffer the technology of today, you know, we're going to have to put the phone down for a while, and I will have no problem throwing it in the street. I bought it, you know. (laughs) So um, I I do crazy stuff like that. I'm real big on throwing stuff out the front door. I've done a lot of that. I hear you. I really, I I hear you, and I agree with you. I've done my share of some some lunaticish things, but it was all for a reason and a cause, and it was just to allow her to understand the importance of me and her, and not the importance of her and something. So. Well, yeah, I, of course, we don't just go ballistic for no reason. 
and um you know that's what the kids will 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 learn later you know i remember smelling my own piss at you know 16 17 18 years old and I remember the things that happened as a result of that, and that's where I'm at right now. My daughter just graduated from high school. Well, and, congratulations. You know, um, she, <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's a feat. Now we're going on to the college uh, years now, and that's, you know, uh, uh, equally as stressful. But mm-hmm. um, I just don't, uh, I, I just don't um, believe in children running the house or the parent. I just think that, you know, we work too hard, we sacrifice too much for them to be telling us what they are aren't going to do. And um, you know, everybody has to deal with the consequences. When you're nine you wanna be ten in the double digits. When you're ten you wanna be thirteen. When you're thirteen you wanna be sixteen. When you're 16, you want to be 18. What they don't realize is the minute you turn 18, it's a whole nother ball game. That 10, 11, 12, 13 stuff is over. And you want to play ball with the big boys, you better bring a big bat because that's the way that it is, you know. And if you don't prepare them in the house, they'll never make it outside. So. True that. You you speak in the gospel right there. Anyway, enough about her. You're going to make me pour some wine <laughs> about that doggone. <laughs> Oh. Okay. Okay. We're gonna move off of that. We're gonna move on to yeah. Back to inner, me. That's right. <laughs> the inner workings of Lunell. Okay. Right. What makes you tick? Um. A insatiable need not to be punked. I think makes me tick, <laughs> and an unquenchable thirst for um, people to really take me seriously in whatever it is that I do. And I also am in a constant daily fight for female recognition in my comedy genre. Um, That is a huge deal to me, and I sort of feel like I want to actually end up being the Norma Ray of of comedy, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just so sad that people don't even realize the blatant disregard for females in the genre. You know, if you were to ask anybody in your studio or even down the street, name 10, you know, of the top 10 black, I'm just going to say black, I'm going to narrow it down to black. But this, but but this is in the country though, not just black. Name ten of the top ten African American comics that you know and love, and they would say, you know, Kevin and Cat and Bernie Mac and, you know, uh, uh, Chris Rock and you know they could go on and on and on. Nobody, not one person, would say Wanda Sykes, Whoopi Goldberg, Monique, some more. We're just so disregarded and forgotten about and people can tell you all the brothers names and they know our face and they don't know our name don't know our name and don't ask and don't care mm-hmm. and it is a wonderment to me how this business has been run for so long with such blatant disregard for females in comedy so i am out to be the big mouth that roared. I'm out to 
change it. I want to be a boss. I want to be the Jay-Z of comedy. I want my four Bs. I want my face on buses and bus stops and billboards and buildings. And I have a corporation. I want it to get larger. I want to employ women. I want women writers, women producers, women directors. I, there are more than one Shonda Rhimes out there, and we need to nurture and have them on the forefront, and it's not at, uh, for a um, disregard or um, uh, non-love of men, you know, it's just for a humongous respect and love for women. Because even in the regular comedy stand-up genre, when men go on the road for weeks at a time, their kids are usually home with the baby mama, the grandma, the girlfriend, somebody or maybe they can afford nannies or whatever but when mommy goes on the road and your kid is sick there's nobody there nurturing them holding them making sure they take their medicine on time checking them at night to make sure the covers are pulled up around their neck mommy's gone and it's not happening and it busts up marriages and everything like that so and any given day periods notwithstanding, it's harder for a woman on the road in this business than it is for a man. And so I just really want people to recognize this and just think about this. Nobody wants a handout. Don't nobody want a, we're not trying to have a pity party. We just want you, I just want people to even acknowledge it or even think about it because we're just like the invisible entertainer, and I'm sick of it. Mm. I understand. Do you? I understand. Yeah, do you I really? Do. I do really understand. I do get it. I was watching Who's in the studio movie. with you right now? Who's in there? Me. Just you? <laughs> Just me. Just oh, I me. thought you might have had a little co-host, a little engineer person. Okay, well, then there's nobody else to co-sign, so it's just you and me. All right, yeah, okay. It's just, yeah, well, today is just me. Um, hmm. But what I wanted to say was I was watching that new comedy show that comes on with Keenan Ivory Wayans where they kind of picked a new next comedian. Yeah, Roseanne is on it, J.B. Smooth's hosted. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, and I they had one particular female on there, and she she was giving you um, an inside view of her life and what it was like and how she, you know, she has OCD and um, how she has um, the plastic bags with a remote control and her blow-up sofa, her blow-up um, mattress and all this other stuff. Wow. Yeah, and she says she goes from hotel to hotel, hotel, and her husband is home and he waits for her. But she said she's been doing this for, I think, six years, and she's just now starting to get recognition. And for me, I'm sitting watching this going, six years, she's really good, and she's just now getting recognition. And I said, but that holds true to the whole um, entertainment industry with women of color, because historically, you have only... Women of color have only been given certain types of roles. It's just recently they started to branch out and let them have leading roles. And had it not been for people like um, Spike Lee and, and Tyler Perry and, and all the others, there may not have been, even been those things available to you. Yes, exactly. So I get it. I, I really do get it. And, you know, and it's unfortunate, but like you said, you want to be – the lion that roars. So, hey, I'll roar with you. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, I'll roar with you. It's not a problem. Now, 
I saw you in Think Like a Man too, and I have to ask you: Is Dennis as handsome in person as he is in the movies? It's ridiculous. <laughs> really? I chased him around that set like an annoying sixteen-year-old Beatles groupie. He is so swaggerific. And I date mostly younger guys, not 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 necessarily by choice, but that's who hollers at me. I haven't found, you know, any, uh, you know, older guys, because older guys, they all want younger women too. But, you know, I haven't, there haven't been that many older guys that really, you know, are still fit and sexy and swaggerific and juicy and, you know, mysterious and macho and all that. There's usually something in that description that I just mentioned that's lacking. But Dennis Haysbert, honey, that man right there, he is the Billy D. Williams Colt 45 Berry White Mocha Chocolate Latte <laughs> of all time. I love him and that voice. Yeah, he could get it any day. <laughs> any day. Broad daylight. <laughs> he could disrespect me. It'd be okay. Because I'm looking going, there is no way he could be the age that he is and be that good looking. It's his birthday today, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I sent him a birthday, happy birthday wish on Instagram. Of course, he ignored me. But, you know, (laughs) I don't even think he has an Instagram. I searched. He has a uh, a, uh, uh, Twitter. Okay. And so my Instagram goes to my Twitter as well, but okay, you know, I know you. One can only hope for a hate thanks. If he did that to me, I'd probably run down the street naked. But <laughs> happy birthday, Dennis Haysbert! You're in good hands. <laughs> I'm co-signing to that one. Lord have mercy, Jennifer Lewis got to lay in bed with him. Hallelujah. They knew yes. not to give me no part like that. It, it wouldn't even be con- like, you know, the, as a matter of fact, I'd have probably got kicked off the set for just groping and inappropriateness. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yes. I I thought the movie was really good. It was all about the ladies in this particular one, and I was just cracking up. I, I really enjoyed Think Like a Man, too, immensely. Yeah. And I thought it was really good. Now, you are busy. Because this is the summer of Lunel. I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And you got so much going on that hasn't even come out yet because you just uh, think like a man too. The sequel was just released on the 20th of June. Now, in July, July 2nd, in a couple of days, you got another sh- movie coming out called School Dance with uh, Nick Cannon. Tell us a little bit about that. School Dance is a jam-packed, star-studded youth, um, I think youth-focused film that is uh, fun and crazy and wacky and um, minute-by-minute chock-full of excitement and... um, uh, you know, has some of the greats all together at once. Um, Cat Williams and Mike Epps, Kevin Hart and George Lopez, myself, and, uh, you know, Wilma Valderrama and 
Oh, Nick, of course, and um, just loads and loads of stars. And it's very, very funny. It was written and directed by Nick Cannon. It's a Lionsgate film. And Nick uh, wrote this crazy ratchet part for me, which I don't know if that's a compliment or insult, but I play a very overprotective mother to my son, who's played by Bobby J. Thompson, who also was on the Tracy Morgan show when he was seven, and I worked with him then. Um, it's got a lot of action and uh, color and flash and panache, and it's uh, uh, really going to be something. Um, the people at Lionsgate, I think, were, I don't know what they were, but the film has been done for almost two years, and they sat on it. I was very disappointed because I'm like, boy, I finally got a role where I could really comedically shine. I'm not just over here for five seconds, over there for ten seconds. And they sit on it, and I was really disappointed. But, you know, um, patience is the key. The Lord said now is the time. So the movie comes out July the 2nd, and it's going to be not only in selected theaters, but also video on demand immediately. So if you can't get out to the theater, and you're like, let's say you're bedridden like my dear Tracy is or something like that right now. Well, Tracy's not bedridden. He's up. But, um, you know, you may be homebound or you just had a new baby or whatever like that. You can still see it, video on demand, starting July 2nd. Okay. Now, um, speaking of Tracy Morgan, he is a good friend of yours. And how is he doing? Tracy's been released from the hospital, from what I understand. And he is currently rehabilitating himself. You know, he had several broken ribs, broken nose, broken femur bone. They had to operate and put a rod in his leg. So, you know, he has to do a little, um, you know, um, rehab. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, step by step every day, I think he's going to make a full recovery. And in the true tradition of comics that have had tragedies happen to them, I cannot wait to see what he has to say about this. Now, unfortunately, this uh, was not, you know, a comedic fodder as someone lost their life as someone very dear to him. However, um, you know, out of all things bad, something good comes. And um, for, for Jimmy Mack's family, I don't know what it could be, but for Tracy, I'm sure that, you know, it just is going to show him once again how strong, you know, how strong God really made us. And uh, you know he will he will he will rise like a phoenix from the ashes and be just fine. I'm sure. Now, now on June 27th, you have a screening of another movie called Matthew 18. It's a horror flick. What's that about? Um, that movie stars my dear friend Faze on Love. And uh, some other uh, lesser-known actors, but that won't be for long, I'm sure. And um, it is a non-comedy. There is death involved in this horror flick. And I think that it's time for a good African-American thriller. Uh, I hate to keep putting things in, you know, the black and white perspective, but, you know, I'm not one of them people who don't see color. And nobody else is either. They lie when they say that. I'm just, uh, 
keep it at 100 like I always do. And we just don't have a lot of black horror films out there where, you know, it's not um, comedy. You know, it's really going to be scary and mystic and all that type of stuff. I haven't seen the film yet. I will be going to the screening at the appointed uh, date. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I know what happens to me in it. And therefore, um, you know, I'm very, very excited to be affiliated with that. Okay, that's that's fantastic. But that's not all. You have some other things that are in um, post-production or just wrapped up, like the LAPD African Cops and the HOA? Yeah, LAPD African Cops is another uh, film that I did uh, for a friend of mine, fellow comedian Pasquale, and he is African, and he's got, you know, he had this idea, and he wanted to do this movie. I just was very anxious to work with the great, wonderful, funny, and sexy Brian Hooks because I've been a fan of his since this movie he did called Fat Beach. And um, I just thought it was really, really funny. And when I found out that he was going to indeed play like my my love interest, I really jumped on it and him, as you will see when you see the film. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's in post-production right now. And there are some other um, uh, things that I'm working on um, uh, that uh, are not, you know, able to be discussed right now. I'm also mm-hmm. helping to coach Wendy Williams for her debut stand-up comedy bucket list, uh, wish list performance. Really? nation type thing of doing stand-up in Las Vegas. And out of all the people in the world to uh, ask advice from and a little mentorship from, she reached out to me, which I uh, gladly accepted and am going to be meeting with her actually in about two days here in L.A. Uh, to see how she's coming along and see what I can do to to exacerbate the, uh, the situation. That is excellent. Excellent. Now, were you surprised that she wanted you? I mean, because you are, you are really good at what you do. Yeah, I was surprised because... Um, I'm I'm surprised when anybody's thinking about me. Uh, I should be on a lot of people's radar, but like I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sort of a old fossil in this game. I know that you know people are always looking for the new, fresh, shiny, you know, uh, object of uh, their affection to adore and 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 dote over. However, there's something to be said for being a seasoned professional. And I think that the OGs in the business do know that and realize that I will do, you know, anything I'm directed to do except eat a bug or something like that. <laughs> you know, um, they can't, there's nothing that they can. I'm I'm a true female comic performer in the sense of the word, you know, like from the Carol Burnett, Phyllis Diller genre. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it. You know, um, I know that there's things that, you know, other actresses, probably could try to execute, but it wouldn't be, you know, me doing it. And so I guess when, you know, when they need to bring in a heavy hitter for the comedy genre, and they're like, who can jump off this roof into a vat of jello? Uh, well, Linnell will probably do it, you know. And indeed, you know, if I found out I wasn't going to get hurt, 
I will jump off the roof and do a vat of jello, you know. Well, that speaks volumes to you being able to stretch yourself because some people, they like to pigeonhole themselves. And like I said in the introduction, you don't do that. You allow yourself to experience a lot of different characters in a lot of different ways. And that's important to your um, career success, I would believe. Well, I, I, I believe so, too. Now, you do more than just that. You are you know, you've written and you've produced. Um, what has that been like, stepping from in front to behind? What have I produced? What have I produced? I ain't produced. I produced something. What have I produced? I used to produce some stuff back in the day, some comedy shows with my girlfriends mm-hmm. back in Oakland before I came to Los Angeles. But I actually prefer not to produce shows right now because mm-hmm. I'm in such a quest just to get money to help my daughter with this college that I don't have time to wrangle everybody up and write down people's schedules and sell tickets and all that. I'm not into that right now. I'm hoping that the first thing that I get to, you know, produce later would be, you know, something for television or something like that. But as far as producing comedy shows or anything like that, I do like to put people together. If they ask me, I know who gels well together. And and in that case, but I don't, you know, I don't really have my producer hat on fully cocked right, right now. Okay, and as a writer? Um, well, I've written a few um, skits or whatever, and I've been lucky enough to have a few things picked up in Comedy Central and um, um, uh, the um, um, Funny or Die franchise picked up a script of mine, and uh, so I got registered with the Writers Guild, and Hopefully I can do more of that. That got produced and and uh, was aired on television. I, um, you know, I, I have a degree, bachelor's arts degree in English, um, and I am a very good writer when I sit down long enough to put the pen to paper, and I prefer actually to write that way rather than even type. I'm old like, uh, like old like, uh, you know, William Tell or whatever William type of person, <laughs> but I, um, I, 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 I just I think that um, uh, in the attempt to start my book because we definitely have a story to tell. We have a book that we see on the horizon. I will be uh, assist, um, you know, looking for a ghostwriter and um, to help me do that because I just don't have the, the time or the energy of the world with all to sit down and write, you know, write it all out. So I'll be looking, and currently I'm looking for someone to help me with that. But I definitely got a book in me, for sure. I think more than one. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> more than one in you. Now, we, 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 we've touched this area a little bit. Of all the men that you've worked with, what actors have had you, other than Dennis Haysbert, act the fool over? What others? Well, when I... Uh, many years ago, I got cast in a film called Never Die Alone with a rapper who was on top of the game at that time named DMX. And DMX had me nutty, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I was so crazy about DMX at that time, and I still I still love DMX, even through, because I don't just kick people to the curb when they got problems. We've all had problems. But um, 
I was really nutty for 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 DMX. Um, I did not believe that I was going to be working with Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is a great man, and uh, uh, I, I would like you know I don't think that we're like good friends. We don't go over each other's house for barbecues or anything, but I think that we could you know and. Um, uh, but he has worked with me and is going to work with me again on Hotel Transylvania 2. So this will be three films under my belt with Adam. And that is, you know, everybody can't say that. Everybody in my circle can't say that. I'm very fond of Nick Cannon. You know, Mariah better watch her back because, you know, if I get this my abs back, it's going to be a fight to the finish for Nick. Cause he's amazing. And so compassionate and so sweet and so caring and on top of it, a shrewd businessman, a great comedian and a wonderful producer and writer and director. And so, um, you know, I just adore him. He's had my back in many more ways than anybody would ever know or that I would ever even discuss. And I, I love him dearly. And, um, you know, there's several other uh, actors, David Duchovny, when I worked on Californication, you know, I wanted to just go run off to the beach with him. He's amazing and funny and swaggerific and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's been other people, but Dennis Haysbert, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yes. I hear you on that one. Now, you have other things that you're involved in. You're passionate about some other um, causes. What are they and how... How do you fit that in, and when do you have the opportunity, and do you kind of reach out to your fellow um, uh, comedians and, and actors in regards to these things? Um, well, I haven't had an opportunity to do a lot other than, like, donate and do things like that. I'm going to a women's shelter, I think, tomorrow to... Um, see some ladies um, and do some makeovers and stuff like that. I, you know, women in distress is always uh, close to my heart. Um, there's, you know, so many stories out there to tell. It's just ridiculous. I also have been affiliated through my friend Brandy Sanders with the Kiera Foundation, which is a foundation which nurtures and takes care of, tries to educate and place um, in society, girls who have actually aged out of the system, if you're in the system and you've been in the system many years and you reach the age of 18, nobody adopted you, you have to age out and basically get out. Uh, so then where do you go? What do you do? Have you been trained? What You know, what's going on? So we try to work with those girls and give them the self-esteem to step out and step up. And then anything to do with AIDS or pediatric AIDS, lupus or autism or cancer, breast cancer, I'm down for all of that. You know what I mean? And anytime I can, I, I won a one ten thousand dollars on a show called "Who Gets the Last Laugh," that was hosted by um, Donald Faison. I was up against Vanessa Mitchell and Alan Thicke, and I won this challenge. And um, I won ten thousand dollars. Donated that to Autism Speaks because I, you know, know how difficult it is to raise a, a quote unquote regular kid. 
So a kid with any challenges, you know, times that times ten. And we have, you know, Jenny McCarthy, Sherry Shepard, other friends of mine, my friend Kim Jackson and stuff who have autistic children, sons specifically. And, um, you know, I just think that we have to, you know, continue to research, you know, to try to uh, find out why it's stricken boys more than girls and, you know, what's going on, gluten and blah, blah, blah. So I'm I'm down for for those those things. When I get the opportunity, I do what I can. Oh, that's excellent. That that is really good. Now you said friends. Is it difficult for you to have female friends in the industry, being it is such a competitive industry? No, not for me, because I only roll with a certain type of person. Um, you know, if you're a regular down chick and you can have as much fun sitting on the beach in Cabo as you can, sitting in my backyard over here in my neighborhood, then we can be friends. You know, if you're compassionate and like kids and if you, you know, like to turn up and party but know when to turn down too, because uh, I've, you know, had problems with that before my own self, you know, we can be friends. I don't like to be friends with people who make it difficult to be friends. I don't want a bunch of talk and arguments and explanations and excuses and all that type of stuff. You know, a lot of my friends that aren't in the business and some that are, we've been friends for 20 years and have rarely even had any arguments or anything like that because it's just about doing your work and having fun and keeping it 100 and having each other's back and holding each other down. It's really not rocket science, you know. If you don't have people with ulterior motives or, or you know, that are trying to make you feel some type of way when they when you were some type of way when they met you or people who are trying to change you, then I think that you're going to be friends. So I don't have a problem. I'm actually in a really good friend zone, you know. That is excellent, and that's good to hear because so often you hear the opposite. And a lot of times you see the opposite that's played out in some of these reality TV shows. And I wanted to ask your opinion. What is your thoughts on reality TV as it stands right now? Well, that's a double-edged sword because, you know, I I would love – I tried to – we tried to – we filmed a reality show for myself about six years ago. But we were ahead of the game, and so they didn't quite get it, and our show didn't go. It was around myself and my daughter and my baby daddy and my comedic life and my double life. Um, The direction that it has gone now, which, you know, I'm not, listen, I watch the crap. I, I, I watch it. I'm all over Real Housewives, loving hip-hop and all that garbage, which is the sad part, is that you want to say how ratchet it is and what whores these ladies are and how they're selling themselves out and don't they have any friends or parents that are watching and how can they hold their head up in society after the cameras go off. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're getting paid and we're watching. You know, if I was going to be hypocritical, I would sit here and say, well, I don't watch and I don't condone and it's just a shame and it's blasphemy. But, you know, if you were to watch me in my house, yeah, I'm watching too, you know. But I'm watching just like a train wreck. You know, I'm shaking my head a lot of time. Um, All money isn't good money. You know, uh, this money, you know, I doubt that anybody paying their tithes with any of it. And they're, you know, it's, it's just 
all boobs and fake butts and hair pullings and stuff like that, which, you know, they don't care anything about our perception to other nations, other countries, that people think that's how black women act and interact with each other, and that if they're, if they're not doing that uh, on a show, uh, you know, like like Lala's, for example, or Latoya's, which has none of that, so a lot of people find that uninteresting. I do not. I watch those as well. So I don't really know. I, I'm I'm hoping that maybe some of the garbage will die out soon. I'm hmm. hoping that it will just run its course and it'll be over, sort of like sagging pants. But they haven't gone anywhere either, and I'm holding my breath until that day comes when that garbage is over as well. Um, not soon enough for me. We'll just have to see what happens, I guess. Yes, because the sagging pants, I was just looking at some young men walking by me earlier today, and I was like, really? No, you weren't looking at young men, actually, because young men don't sag. Okay. I was looking, at, looking some... at some lost, wayward boys who probably don't have a dad in the house, or if they do, he's sagging too. And, you know, because none of the gentlemen that I know raise any sons that would be dressed like that in their presence. You know, you can't control what a kid does out of your presence. But none of the men that I know, from any of my brothers to any of my cousins, to any of my male friends would ever raise any sons that would have on, you know, three pairs of underwear, layered, sweat jackets, sweatpants, and all this walking around with their quads down around their knees. It's the most ridiculous fashion statement I've ever seen in my entire life. A bring back bell bottoms before you get rid of anything. I'll take, I'll take anything. I'll take platforms with fish in them over these sagging <laughs> pants. I, I just can't. I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> right? I'll take it. I welcome it. <laughs> yes, I remember that. And you're absolutely right because it's absolutely, it makes absolutely no sense. It's absurd. And the simple fact that the designers are perpetrating this fashion as being top fashion, high fashion, really boggles the mind. It really does. Well, I don't really see. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched enough fashion shows to know, but the fashion shows I've seen, there is a difference between having a rock-hard ab and having a little bit of your Calvin Klein underwear band showing with just like two inches of your pants down with your Gucci belt and your jeans. There's a difference between that and having your whole entire ass out with your belt around the, the round of your upper thigh and you having to walk and hold your pants it is insane our boy <laughs> but you know our men are in such jeopardy right now because if they're not doing that if you look on youtube they're dancing in their mother's heels in their living room when nobody's home so it is really a sad <laughs> commentary the state of black young boys in this country right now i don't know who my daughter could possibly end up with uh, between those two things. You know, there's a lot of great college boys out there that are being raised right and want to educate themselves and make good decisions. And those boys, I applaud. But for the other 75% of the brothers that are out here that are headed straight towards incarceration or the gay club, um, 
I just I just don't know. And there's nothing wrong with the gay club. Nothing wrong with you gay boys. Do your thing. But, um, you know, I'm just saying that you are out of the trajectory of uh, marriable and, you know, marriable uh, men for these upcoming girls. And then the girls are, you know, trash as well. They don't have any respect. They don't know any history. They're not being taught it. The school system has got to be rejudged. We're in 2014. We're using school um, books, tactics, and lessons from the 1800s that have zip to do with survival in the United States of America right now. These kids are getting out of high school. They don't know how to write a check. They don't know how to... Um, cook anything, eat anything, buy anything, price anything, that pretty soon they're going to stop teaching writing because everybody's just going to be writing with a stylus and pushing buttons. They won't even know how to write in cursive anymore. It's going to be extinct. And I'm just so sad about the whole situation. I never wanted a child, never wanted to bring a child into this world with this garbage going on. But God said different. So I have to do everything I can to raise an upstanding young lady who knows about, you know, more than what Jocelyn and CBB are doing on Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> Amen. <Damn it>. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that one because I like you. Yes, I am. I, I watch it and I viewed it. And there were some things that really made me sad about their behavior and conduct. But what really got to me the most is when I see it replayed outside when I go outside. And the reality of it is this. What I see outside, they're not getting paid for. What you see on TV, they're getting paid for. And my grandmother used to tell me something when I was younger because I was always in the TV set when I'm supposed to be studying. And she goes, you keep on looking at that because they're getting theirs. What are you getting? Well, yeah. You know, but it's just it's just such a – what I don't understand is that, you know, when the camera stops rolling, do these people not have relatives that get in their ear and say, what are you doing and why are you doing it? Do they not have neighbors that they need to continue to interact with or go to the grocery store or anything like that? Is everybody in their whole yes-man world – down with the the cause that they're doing, or is there anybody in these people's wretched lives that says you have lost your mind? Is the money worth it? Uh, you know, I'm sure that you could do. You know, what were you doing before they came along and told you that they want you to throw a glass at this girl? Like, what were you doing? You know, were you not doing nothing? There is viable acting jobs out here for people who want them. You can study and you can go and get them. I haven't been on a reality show throwing a glass at a chick yet. I have admittedly thrown a glass at a chick in real life, but there haven't been <laughs> any cameras around to see it. I'm not going to make my living doing it. And I have seven brothers and sisters that would check me really hard if I was to do something on television that was embarrassing to my family. I hear that. I hear that. And that is something that it's like they the old school mentality was it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to keep a community intact. We no longer have that. We have a whole bunch of individuals doing what they want to do. Right. So that's how it goes. 
I mean, now it's always, always a pleasure talking to you. I learn so much about you. I learn your views, and and I really like your perspective on things because, like you said, you keep it real. You keep it 100, and I love it. And I would love for you to come back but not wait two years to do it. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I have no problem doing that because my favorite subject in the world is me. And uh, me and my and daughter, so and um, you know, and, and 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 the good things that God has done for me. Those are my subjects that I like to speak on. Uh, There's not oftentimes that you hear anybody in this business. I can name some names, but I won't uh, mention the Lord. They think they've done it all by themselves, or they'll use God as a afterthought. Or they'll say, oh, yeah, and yeah, of course, you know, without God. But, I mean, you know, you need to put that in the forefront because I know people who went to bed last night who did not wake up today. I mean, and they were healthy, young, fine people. And tomorrow's not promised to anybody, which is what I also try to tell my daughter, that, you know, you're going to be the loudest one crying at the funeral, but it will be too late. You know, respect your people who you love, like right now, like show it, you know, because, um, you know, your tears ain't going to bring nobody back. And, you know, my mother is gone. And there's some things that I wish that I could explain to her now as an adult and say that I'm sorry. It's too late. So um, I, I, I would be glad to come back anytime you want. You know, anybody that's interested in anything I have to say, I would give them something to listen to. Most people are not interested, but uh, I, that's okay, too. Um, I thank you so much for the opportunity, and, oh, you know, uh, I, I wish the best of luck to you and your listeners, whoever they may be out there, that they, you know, maybe have a little insight into Lunell right now, which, you know, I guess... If I could be so bold as to give out my Twitter and Instagram information, may I do that? Sure. Go ahead. If anybody out there would like to, you know, comment on what they heard or reach out to me or, more importantly, hire me, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you can reach me on my Instagram, which I love and read. I read every word from everybody because I don't have 475 million followers like Lady Gaga. I just got like 83,000 out of 83,000 people, maybe 12 people, right? You know what I mean? So I read everything, and my Instagram and Twitter are the same. It's just at Lunell, at L-U-E-N-E-L-L. And my last name is Campbell. I don't use it, but if you see Lunell Campbell on the top of the thing, yes, that's me. And uh, my Facebook is maxed out, but I do have a fan page. It's the official Lunell. That's once again L U E N E L L. And um, I uh, go on there as well. And so, um, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to me or check my website to see am I coming to a city near you, that is heylunell.com. H E Y L U E N E L L. Dot com and just click on scheduled and the blue writing and to be able to see if I'm coming to a city near you, you can kind of holler at me, especially if you're a young, handsome man. I'm really into that. No diss to Dennis Haysbert, who is my OG <laughs> pimp daddy of all time. But, you know, girls got to do what a girl's got to do. Yes, that is so true. There was an um, August Harrington Malloy, and he really likes your work. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Yes, Wonderful. he really. He goes. I watch her videos on YouTube a lot, and she is the best. That's what he said. 
Oh, that's amazing, and I thank you very much from the bottom of my little pea heart. Thank you. Yes, and uh, Stacy Stark said that she learned a lot about you at you know um, tonight. There were some oh, things good. she didn't know. She said it's a great interview, and she said great talk show with Bunnell. Learned a lot about her. Oh well, that's great. There's so much more. It'll be in the book. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thank you. You know, I thank you for your listening. Thank you for the opportunity, and I thank y'all for out there. You know, and I hope that you check out my website and you know write me on on Facebook or Instagram because I write back. Okay, great. That's excellent. Like I said, love to have you back whenever your train stops moving for a second. We can hop on at that station and chat some more. <laughs> Hold on tight, honey. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Thank you so much for this opportunity now. All right, and I want to I want to thank Mary Moore as well. She's she's amazing too. She's the best. Love Mary. Yes, yes. yes. So <laughs> All you right, have take a, care everybody. I, okay. You have a good one. Bye. Be well. Everyone, that was the amazing Lunell, and I have to tell you, I had a wonderful chat with her. It was a lot of fun. I hope you learned a lot about her because I sure did. And she is a hardworking woman. She stands for what she believes in, and she stands on her principles about her work, her work ethic, what she believes in, and what she wants to do. And we see it in all the, the different projects that she's been involved in and will be involved in. So if you have the opportunity, go out, show support. Show support. Check out her her films. You know, just go. I enjoy everything that I see with her. I always get a good chuckle and laugh. And laughter is good medicine, and it will take some time off the stressing and add some years back to your life. On that note, I'm going to wish you well. You can join me tomorrow. We'll have Real Estate Straight Talk with Sharon Homer and Nora Montoya. And we'll be back again on Saturday and Sunday. So this has just been a busy week, and we're winding down the month into the month of July. And I wish each and every one of you a wonderful evening. As you can tell, I got a lot of background noise because the sounds of the city are hot out here. So have an amazing evening. Be well. Take care of yourselves. And God bless. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.